Hey, welcome to another episode of Ball Court. This is the world of basketball. I am Coach Drew, and we'll stick around with me. We got some great stuff happening right here on Ball Court. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is another episode of the world of basketball. I am Coach Drew. This is Ball Court, and like I promised, I told you we're going to start it off with, as Queen Latifah would say, ladies first. Ooh, ladies first. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. You know the reason why I had to talk about the bubble. We've been talking about the NBA bubble, but, you know, a lot of people been it's been on quiet lips about the WNBA bubble. But I'm not telling you that it has been short of any excitement. It has been absolutely amazing. So when you take a look into the bubble and you think, what possibly could have been going on in there that was more amazing that was taking place in the NBA bubble? Yes, in the NBA bubble, we had upsets. In the NBA bubble, you had clutch three-pointers. I'm talking about, yes, the, the Miami Heat game where they were going back and forth, three-pointer after three-pointer, you know? They, those were clutch. But you're getting the same kind of action right here. As a matter of fact, if you haven't been watching, you've missed out on some of the, some amazing performance. Shea Petty coming out, dropping a Petty performance, you know? And let me tell you why I say that. Washington, the, Washington actually released her. And she came back playing for, um, uh, playing for another team with uh, Phoenix Mercury. Decided that, you know what, she's not only going to be out there and ball out, but she's going to hit the game-winning three to send the Washington Mystics home. I'm telling you, that's the kind of excitement that was on there. And the closest thing that we have to Kobe Bryant in the game of basketball right now is Diana Taurasi. And being on that team with the Phoenix Mercury, she was doing some phenomenal things. But if you're going to tune in to the, to the uh, female um to the female bubble, the WNBA, if you're going to tune in now to it, mm, you missed a lot of great ones. You missed a lot of great ones. But guess what? They're not short of amazing. Yes, Asia Wilson. And I'm going to jump on to Asia Wilson right first because I'm in Vegas. She plays for the Aces, and they're dominating. But Asia Wilson not only did just, just in a dominating fashion, she's actually stepping up onto the next level. Right now, they're in the semifinals playing against the Connecticut Suns. The reason why I talk about this matchup, and I want to really dive into this matchup, because this is a matchup truly of two talented teams with some uh, uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal big in Asia Wilson. This is her coming out party. Now, she had 29 points, 7 blocks, and she brought the series to a 1-1 series against the Sun. So, it's not like they were laying down. See, you have to understand, just like Bill Lambert was saying, when it comes to basketball, once you get to this level, it is met with challenges. And these are the challenges that you should look forward to. You should want to step up to these challenges. And Asia Wilson, one of the players that are stepping up to the challenges, just like a lot of other players in the bubble, are actually now playing at a point and doing things that where you looked at it before, you could you would just have to sit there and say that maybe they were not on that level. But now it's, it's, it's a completely different look when you look at it. When you break down that game, I, I really want to go in. I really want to talk about that game against the Sun. Because it was a game of two elite teams. Now, I tell you, the, I, I'm gonna tell you the final score: 83 to 75. 
that doesn't do it justice because the game was a lot closer than that score of the 83 to 75 that would show. I'm talking, there was 14 lead changes in this game. Now that comes, that's, that's, that right there is a testimony of defense. That means both teams are willing to play that level of defense to go back and forth to consider, to get the stop, to get the bucket that's going to put you up. That's a, that's a, those were the things right there that you look at and say, hey, you know what? This is clean, good basketball. And they were playing basketball the right way. In the playoffs, and this time of year, emotions run wild. People tend to go off and go onto tangents. They, they lose sight of the game and they lose sight of how to play the game. The Connecticut Sun and the uh, Las Vegas Aces, I watched that game. And to me, that game, what that game reflected was it was one of those type of games where you bring your kids into the room and you say, hey, this is how you play basketball. That was an instrumental game. Very, it was, it, 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 it was very textbook, if you will. I, I like the way that the ball was moving. They, they controlled the ball movement. They kept the speed of the game. The tempo of the game was kept up. And both teams were doing that, playing that level of defense. Unfortunately, one team had to win. Fortunately, it was my team. So I'm kind of happy about that. My team took the win. But still, this is one of those things that you sit back into the bubble and you'd be like, wow, if this is the game that's taking place in the bubble, I need to be there. I need to be a part of this, you know? And and you, if you think that that was it, if you think that, man, just Asia Wilson going off is all that had, the bubble has to offer, you will be horribly mistaken because the, the Suns, and I, I'm sorry, not the Suns. I'm to apologize, but Seattle Storm is taking on the Minnesota Lynx. Now they've only played one game in their series, in their semifinal series, due to the fact that one of the games actually was postponed. The reason it was postponed was due to, um, a, couple, a few athletes on the Minnesota Lynx team had tested positive for COVID-19, so they actually had to postpone the game to ensure the safety of the other athletes. So we sat and we got to miss out on some exciting basketball. But luckily, when they played that game, they did not, did not disappoint. And I'm telling you, it came down to the last second. The game was won 88 to 86 off of a last second putback layup. I'm telling you, that's the kind of game that you're expecting in the, in the wobble, if you will. We, we talked about Jamal Murray doing some amazing things and we talked about, uh, we, we, we talked about Tyler Hero. We talked about Jimmy Butler, but we forgot about the others. I, I remember sitting watching a WNBA game with the Phoenix Mercury and watching Skylar Diggins Smith go off. I'm talking putting up numbers, putting up buckets. So in closing, I just, I want to let you know, great basketball is being played on every level. Not to mention this level of great basketball is actually being set up and being played and orchestrated by women who are doing playing the game the right way. That game last night had zero technical fouls. Zero technical fouls. That's called playing the game the right way. You know what? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go hug my daughters because I know that they play basketball the right way. So I'm going to go hug my daughters after this one. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to be right back. We're going to have some more ball court. And trust me, I got something special for you. Stick with me right here on the World of Basketball. I'm Coach Drew.
Welcome back to Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. Now, the world of basketball, we have all been tuning into what's been going on in that NBA bubble. And I know that a couple of nights ago that everybody, the world stood still to get a glimpse of what was a Kobe sighted in the finals. I mean, in the Western Conference finals. And yes, that was when Anthony Davis hit that game-winning shot and yelled, Kobe. It was an amazing moment. I'm talking a moment that could only be described as something that as something legendary. In better terms, when I saw the, that shot, go, when I saw that shot go up, and I saw him actually say, "I right, cool, I got this, I got this in hand," and I saw that, saw him rise up with that shot, I was like, it reminded me of a movie. Um, and I'm and I'm I'm gonna give you a throwback. This is a real throwback movie right here, right? This is with uh, Marlon Wayans and Kadeem Hardison. Kadeem Hardison played uh, Marlon Wayans' brother, I believe, and uh, he passed away. But Kadeem Hardison would help him in his game, and it was like it was called Six Man. That's exactly I. That's how I felt when I saw that shot. It was like Kobe went into Anthony Davis's body and shot that shot. If you watch that shot, it was a coach's dream. From Anthony Davis stepped in on his toes, bent his knees, kept his arms straight, released and held a follow through, hopping six inches forward. Perfect shot. It was absolutely textbook. And to top it off, to make sure everybody knew the spirit that had possessed him and they knew what had taken place, he yelled the words, Kobe. And in Kobe fashion, the game had ended with the Lakers on top. It was one of, hands down, I would have to say, one of the most beautiful and amazing moments you would see as a Lakers fan. You know, it was one of those, it was one of those, it, it was one of those images that you see and you'd be like, man, I could never, ever repeat that again as a Lakers fan. So when you stop, you was like, hey, you know what? What was different here? Why was this, why was this moment different? And I felt those uniforms that they wore, those Mamba uniforms, held some kind of magic to them because it was a beautiful moment. Now, we all know in the NBA, beautiful moments are fading. They, they're fleeting. They're like catching water in your palms. You try and hold on as much as you can, but those moments fade. So the Lakers, Anthony Davis, went from a night of yelling Kobe to a night of yelling Nobi. He was off. I'm talking in game three, it wasn't the same Lakers we were seeing. The magic wasn't there. I don't know if Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and the rest of the Denver Nuggets came in there with the Ghostbusters and made sure that all spirits and ghosts were cleared out of the building. But it was clear to see that there was no energy. There was no heart. They looked like the Lakers from 2018, 2019 Lakers. They, they, they looked like at any point in time, they could come back. 
There were fights to come back. They brought the game down to within five from a 20-point lead. But you saw that the, the, the spark wasn't there. Anthony Davis had 27 points. But something was missing. The hustle wasn't there. That feeling of I can dominate my man was not there. He had two rebounds. He wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't pushing himself out there. The reason why I bring this up is because this is not a team that you want to play with like that. This is not a year of basketball where this could be done. We have two teams that have the exact same format of play. That when we are down, when the foot is on our neck, we will fight. Denver Nuggets will fight. They've done it. In both series that they've came out of, they came out of those series down a 3-1 deficit. Historically, they shouldn't have been able to fight back and they were ready to fight back and they were ready to be within the realms of fighting back and doing the things that they had to do to fight back. And this all took place, see, without within the last few months, within the last month, this has taken place on multiple times. Now you're, you're preparing for a Heat team. or And the reason why I say Heat team and not the Celtics team, because since my last show, the Heat has shown out. They showed them that even with a win, they're willing to, they're willing to close this out. They, they're done. They're, they're looking for the finals. And they're not a team that you can go into the finals and walk in or back into them in the finals. They're just like they're just like that scrappy Denver Nuggets team. Now Jamal Murray was talking real spicy after that win, and this should infuriate every Lakers fan, every Lakers player, and every Laker coach. Jamal Murray was stating that if it wasn't for that lucky shot of Anthony Davis, yes, the same one that I said that he was anointed by Kobe himself. Kobe himself laid his hands down and touched Anthony Davis and made that shot go in. The same one, he's saying that if it wasn't for that lucky shot, Denver Nuggets would hold this series 2-1. When we take a look at that series from a coach's point of view, not a fan's point of view, just from a coach's point of view, when you take a look at that series, it is clear that, that there is some truth to what Jamal Murray is saying. If that shot doesn't go down, the Lakers are now fighting back from a 2-1 deficit. Now, do they, do they have that kind of resilience? Have they showed that they are a cockroach team? And here's what I mean by a cockroach team. A team that refuses to die. That no matter what you bring, you cannot kill them. Now, if any of my listeners have ever, you know, spent any time in the projects or grew up in the projects, you know how hard cockroaches are to kill. You could, you could use raid, you could use a bomb, you could step on them, but they are there. And the way that they were attacking and swarming to the ball, you would have swore to blind that they turned on the lights every single time they touched the rock or every single time that the Lakers touched the ball. You'd think that they turned on the lights because all of them just start to scatter and they will be all over the place and they will get to the ball quickly, turn the, turn the pace, move it, go right back up the other way. Jamal Murray, to the, it was to the point where he was dancing on his three-pointers. He was mean mugging on his dunks. That means they're getting stronger. That means though they have a two, though the Lakers hold a 2-1 series lead, momentum is with Denver. Momentum is fully behind Denver. 
they need to find a way to take that back. The bullies need to turn around and start bullying people. If not, they're going to be bullied and they're going to be pushed out of that door very quickly. Because let me break down game three, for instance. I want to break down a couple of plays that took place in game three. And there was that one point where the, the score was within five. The body motion of the team that was just, that just cut a 15 point deficit was we can't go any further. It was a pass that was passed out. Nobody hustled to the pass. They kind of lollygagged around, got it tipped, and they went back the other way. Now, though they went back the other way, they did not score on this particular, uh, Denver didn't score when they went back the other way. The sense of urgency wasn't there. They feel they can turn it on at any point in time and turn the game around. But when the closing seconds, they weren't able to do so. See, these are the things that they have to work on as a team. They have to work on as a culture over there with the Lakers. Because if not, we will be seeing a Denver-Miami finals. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I would love to see it. It's going to be crazy to see a Denver-Miami finals. Matter of fact, I was talking to my producer uh, during the break regarding a Denver-Miami finals. It would be absolutely insane. We're talking about a game. We're talking about seven games quadruple overtime, probably for four of them. Four of them would actually have at least multiple overtimes because neither one of those teams quit. Neither one of those teams feel like they could they feel like they're out of it. And that's the great thing of having such a young team. The Miami team is so young and dumb, you can't tell them that they're not supposed to be here yet. You know? And that and that uh that Denver team, look, you had Jeremy Grant go for twenty six points. That team is so young and dumb, you're not telling them you can't go for 26 points on the King. You can't go against the Brow and drop 26 points and be grabbing rebounds over the Brow. They're just young and dumb. They don't know that yet. And that's good that they don't know that because as long as somebody don't inform them, they're going to probably run away with the series. So it's going to be the job of Frank Vogel. It's going to be the job of LeBron James and the job of Anthony Davis to make sure Jamal Murray realizes you're too young for this. This is a big man's game. And until they do, get ready, y'all. Denver fans, get ready. You might be in the finals. That's just my take on the whole thing. You know, that's my opinion. But I want to go ahead and jump into my next segment. Yes, this is going to be a word from the coach. This, is, this word from the coach is about Ty Lawson. Ty Lawson, hands down, and the reason why I bring up Ty Lawson, not just because we were talking about the Denver Nuggets and the Denver Nuggets being out there. Yes, that was a shout out to the people of yesteryear who remember Ty Lawson with the Nuggets and Carmelo the God was with him. Yes, but Ty Lawson, for the last few years, he's actually been playing over in China, dominating, as a matter of fact, playing with the Flying Dragons. I've reported on him numerous times, but that has now come to an end. He is now banned. Yes, you heard correctly. Banned by the um, CBA, the Chinese Basketball Association. Here's why. The reason that he was banned was because he actually posted a tweet talking about the ladies of China. And he posted a tweet uh, of a picture of him in a Chinese strip club. Uh, getting a lap dance, presumably, 
and he was speaking about how he wants to change his stance on how he feels about Chinese women. Now, being for the fact, uh, yes, I do understand that it is 2020 and times are changing, but not so much in China. And words like that is considered extremely offensive. So they have banned Ty Lawson. So he will be back home. Hopefully, hopefully. I don't think the Nuggets need another guard because Jamal Murray's balling out of control. See, here's, here's my thought process. Ty Lawson, you've been over there. This is, and here goes the word from the coach. This is, this is my, uh, uh, my take on the whole thing. You've been over there for roughly about six, seven years. You know the process. You know the protocol. You've seen certain situations happen just with people taking pictures there. Or you saw the situation take place with, uh, with LaMelo, not LaMelo, I do apologize, with LiAngelo Ball when he went over there. You see that that is a culture that is a lot stricter than our culture, where your celebrity status as a basketball player does not hold as much weight as it does here in the United States. And being for the fact that it doesn't hold that kind of weight, you have to tread lightly when you are on foreign soil. With that being said, as a grown man, as a grown man, you have to learn that there's certain thoughts you have to keep to yourself. Twitter does not, is not, you're not obligated to put every thought you have on social media. And with that being said, you are obligated to think before you hit that send button. Because what may seem like a harmless joke to you or it may seem like just a rather lively banter to you is could be something very offensive as well as something very career ending. And now you start to feel that and you're starting to realize that. And I, that's, it's a scary place to be. So hopefully things work out for Ty Lawson. He finds himself in, in another home of, in basketball probably the EuroLeague, the NBL. I know that he would be a great addition in the NBL, you know, um, in that Australian league. I know he'll be phenomenal there. So hopefully he does find himself there. Fingers crossed for you, Ty. But that was just a word from the coach. Let's keep it to basketball. Let's stick with basketball. Stay away from all the other distractions because obviously it could end a career. You know, on that note, I definitely want to go ahead and give a shout out to everybody, especially my plug. Yes. Cashtocheckin.com slash Drew. Go ahead, check out my guys at cashtocheckin.com. Cash to Checking is one of the nation's leading finance companies, providing up to $400,000 in unsecured funding for business or personal use. We have relationships with over 250 lenders nationwide. Through the use of our proprietary software, we are able to secure over 80% more funding for our clients. We help clients obtain funding for real estate investment, business startups, down payment assistance, working capital, medical, legal, education, funeral expenses, and more. Checking.com slash Drew. I tell you this all the time. When you're tired of living dear dreams and you're ready to start living your own, take that first step. Call cashandchecking.com slash Drew. They will be the ones that's going to get it out there for you. Man, I've got to thank everybody for making this possible for me. I want to thank the CWN sports team. Thank you for bringing me to everybody over and over again. I got to give a special shout out to radio.com. 
Yes, and if y'all are listening to this, I'm hoping that you were listening to me on the Sean Harvey Morning Show. Yes, I was popping, but these guys and girls, they're going to keep popping too. So I want you to keep on listening, keep on tuning in every morning, nice and live. And also tune into the Blitz. Man, when Malik is giving you that information, he's going to give it to you raw. He's going to give it to you straight up. It'll make you smile, cringe a little bit. And then, of course, you'll accept the information. That's why I like doing it. That's why I like listening to him. Y'all got to check him out, too. And guess what? We got some new sneakers dropping on Let's Kick It. So make sure you tune into that next episode. My name is Cole Drew. I want to thank you for choosing to, to be with me right here on Ball Court. This is the world of basketball. Thank you for enjoying my world. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation. Yeah.